TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you for episode 480. And as always, I am joined by Australia's number one wellness expert. And if you had any doubt that he was Australia's number one wellness expert, all you have to do is turn on TV these days. I just saw him on Weekend Sunrise just the other week. I speak of Dr. Damien Technek Christoph. How are you, legend? <laughs> I was like, I love that that's awesome pc so great awesome it's been a big uh couple of days of travel it's been unbelievable and so great to be joined by you um can you tell me what chocolate you just ate yeah it was a mint chocolate i'm not sponsored by anyone so i won't um give the brand because it will sound stupid but it was um uh it was a mint chocolate which is probably the only chocolate that anyone should ever eat to be frank oh no you know some some things are okay but, What's wrong with just plain chocolate? No, it's like, Damo, let's not have this discussion, Mr. Damien Vanilla Ice Cream's the best, Christoph. It is. Um, yeah, so I, this is the thing. You'd have vanilla ice cream with plain chocolate, which is yeah. just so it's vanilla. Like, it's <laughs> What's wrong with vanilla? It's like actually um, putting salt on your food before you've tasted it. Like, it, you, no, you well, that's stupid. The way stupid. the chef intended it, it tastes fantastic. Yeah. But then you also don't want to be that snotty-nosed chef that it just takes offence at someone putting salt on their on their meal because everyone has a different palate. So, well, taste the food first. Right. Correct. Yeah, taste the food first, and don't take offence if someone puts salt on their meal after they've no. had a taste. After they've tasted. Not after before. they've tasted, not before. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Some people sit down and. Yeah. No. Crack it on. Crazy. Without even tasting it. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to talk. I mean, the thing is about this podcast demo, and we are 480 episodes in. The first two minutes mm-hmm. of our episodes often take the projected podcast oh. title mm-hmm. in a completely different direction. So now you've got me spinning <laughs> on possible topic topics like diversity, acceptance of those that put salt on their meal before they've tasted the meal. How do we forgive those people and live with love in our hearts despite their somewhat ignorant behavior? Um, maybe we could talk about tech neck. Maybe we could talk about you taking over the media. Um, maybe we could talk about how to pronounce some of our listeners' surnames, which is what we spent five minutes discussing on Facebook. If you ever want to see what we talk about before we record this podcast, go to facebook.com forward slash 100 not out. Um, but there's a lot to talk about now. I'm overwhelmed by where to take this episode. Well, don't be overwhelmed. One of the things that we did think we might talk about is just um, a few little shout-outs from people that have left us comments um, on the podcast app, the uh, the Apple podcast app. I don't know if we can get access to the Spotify one or access to oh. or the other ones. I don't know, mate. Oh, look, whilst you, you talk really about the Apple podcasts, I'm going to yeah. look at 100 on Spotify and see if people can actually give feedback on there. I've got no idea. You talk about Apple whilst uh, I look. Yeah. I will. Yeah, stop talking. That'd be great. And so um, inspirational we got from Laughter for Life um, from uh, Hi, Damo and Marcus. Love your podcast. That was really nice. Um, Heather Lee um, says, wow, just wow. No, not Heather Lee. She's talking about Heather Lee. It's someone else talking about Heather Lee. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Lee uh, Lou. Yep. 
Lee Lou. Yep. Who is a long time listener. Long time listener. Uh, this one here's from These Guys Are Great. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Oscar Rudner. Uh, these guys are great. I really enjoy listening to Marcus Damon. I learn something every episode. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. That's probably courtesy of Ravi. Thank you. And then uh, Peg426, some hard-hitting topics, some light, always enjoyable, even when there's a disagreement. Host of Bubbly and very Australian. Love the banter. Really oh. good. Thank you. And Carolyn Pre, thanks, Marcus. Love your work. Always insightful and inspirational. Speaking of thanks, Marcus, love your work, I got a message from a wonderful listener of ours who will remain anonymous who I sent an audio message to, and the first thing she said yeah. back was, thank you, Damien. And I was like, oh, don't you love this? We're now one and the same. We are interchangeable. Yeah, Murray. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, uh, so good. Lots of laughters there, and I think the laughters are a good thing. Let's see if we can get that up to 20-something. Good. We did. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> well, um, there's no engagement on Spotify. You cannot tell the podcast what you think of the podcast on Spotify. So just letting you know. But we are always craving. We have uh, very low self-esteem about what we do. So we do like engagement, uh, whether it's comments, whether it's five-star ratings. We cannot bear one-star ratings. We will take that to the grave. But we love five-star ratings. So I think we're up to 106 ratings. Somehow, Damo, you won't be happy knowing this. The the you see the number is four point eight out of five. Now I know that's going to burn in your heart. There's a two star rating in there, Damo. Is it one star? No, no, I can't see a one star. I can see there's a three star. There's a couple of two stars, uh, a few four stars, and then many five stars. Unbelievable. Wait, I, I, now, now I want to look at look at Don't look worry for about the two stars. It. Let's get back to the conversation. Pete Lewis right. just with us, and that's fantastic. So it's good that you finally came on the right time, Pete. Good on you. But uh, I wanna, I, I wanted to have a little reminder about longevity and what's important. And I did a power food um, session this morning, and often that's a great reminder of what is important. And there's still a lot of fear around food and diet and all that sort of stuff, and people are still thinking that it's food and diet that's actually going to help them live a long time, um, and still a lot of you know misunderstanding around the importance and the relevance of food. And it came to me the other day, Piercy, um, that it's so important that you avoid chronic disease. That's the mum, number one killer of quality of life, isn't it? Well, because you know how we've been saying the top three are purpose, engagement, movement. Yep. I think that's true. Once you get past chronic disease, well, yeah, but couldn't you also argue that if you live without purpose and you don't move and you don't socialize, you're a way higher risk factor for chronic disease? Yeah, but you're way way higher risk factor for chronic disease if you probably diet, seesaw, eat bad food, eat good food, eat sugar-free products. You know, all those sorts of things. So I think that we might have underplayed, and I wouldn't mind having this little conversation with you right now. Right now, literally, hold the line. Keep talking. I've got to get a book to read out from. Keep talking. Oh, okay. I don't even know if you can hear me. I think I'll just keep on talking to everybody else because I don't think PC can hear me. So um, if if food wasn't that if food wasn't that important, then because I'm I'm now coming back to the idea that food is incredibly important. and if food wasn't that important, then chronic disease wouldn't be so linked to food and lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what they say, lifestyle modification. And then when you look at lifestyle medicine, for example, which is something that I studied over the last couple of years, um, 
to become a fellow of the institute, the Australasian Institute of Lifestyle Medicine, or is it Australasian College of Lifestyle Medicine? Um, it's one of them. And I, um, what I've realized is that components to diet, which decrease the risk of um, chronic disease, such as heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, are so important. And Haiti has said, and over a certain age, and over 50. So, which is very true because um, up until that point, well, actually, really, up until about 30 years old, you're kind of just running. It doesn't matter what you do to your body almost. You can get away with most things. From 30 to 50, you've really got to be kind of a bit more mindful because that's really when the chronic disease sort of states are going to, you know, you know, happen, right? So, um, and then from that, from that, from, you know, 50, maybe 60 on, um, then I'm, I'm unsure how important it is if there's no chronic disease at that point in time. Anyway, it's worth right. having a chat about. I love this. So can I um, read this two paragraphs out of Healthy at 100, which will, I think, I hope, contribute to this conversation? Okay. Are you ready? This is from uh, by John Robbins, Healthy 100. John Robbins, yeah. A few years ago, I received a letter from a woman in Southern California. She wrote that she and her husband had for many years avidly followed a path of health. Their lifestyle, she believed, had been exemplary. They had practiced yoga and meditated, and neither of them had let a single bite of anything containing refined sugar pass their lips. They exercised regularly and never took any drugs, not even so much as an aspirin. They had been very happy together, she said, and had believed that by eating healthy foods and undertaking other sound health practices they would never fall ill but now she felt bitter angry and cheated in his 50s her husband had developed cancer and died what was the point she lamented of all their health diligence when this could still happen despondent and feeling betrayed she had given up any semblance of health discipline and was stuffing herself with hamburgers candy and the other unwholesome foods she had foregone for years she no longer exercised and had gained more than 70 pounds in the three years since her husband's death she had developed diabetes and was overwhelmingly depressed reading this woman's letter i felt sorrow i felt sad for her loss of her husband and sad for how depressed despondent and bitter she had become and i felt sad too that she and her husband had held the misguided belief that their diet and lifestyle could guarantee them everlasting health and i'll stop there the best the best it's such a thought-provoking passage isn't it which this conversation yeah. is. I, I thank you for raising it. So let's consider the three stressors on the body, right? We know that there's three, only three stressors on the body in terms of groupings. So we go physical stress, emotional stress, chemical stress. And we know that stress is the number one driver of disease in the human body. So we go, well, not the number one driver. It's, it's the cause of all disease is stress. Um, when you break it down to either chemical, emotional, or mental, Oh, no, chemical, emotional, physical. So they're the three stressors. So if you break it down to those groups, they are the causes of all disease, like of all disease, um, except maybe the 5% of um, genetic defects that we might have, which you could have genetic-based diseases that kick in. However, that's arguable because people like Bruce Lipton would argue that epigenetically it's still going to require some kind of trigger from mm. the environment to actually kick off that gene process. 
So maybe it's like faulty genes. Like Which, yeah, of, and then so. using the Mimi Kirk example, I know I'm interrupting you here, but, yeah. you know, she told us her whole family was de- dead and dying and she was a, she was the only healthy eater and she might have faulty genes, as you say, but she's put them in yeah. an environment of, of wonderful health. Yeah, this is it. So here's the thing, right? So let's say, for example, you stress over eating a healthy diet and you maintain poor posture and you don't exercise and that causes more stress or you don't do stretches or whatever else, you know. So it, um, it, it would make sense to me that you could still be driving your body in the direction with enthusiasm of um, chronic disease by not looking at the other forms of or causes of disease or stress um, being the physical causes and the emotional causes, particularly if you're chasing only a healthy diet, which goes back to that little thing that we say tongue-in-cheek, you're better off eating Maccas, laughing with your mates, having some beers, than sitting in the corner all by yourself, lonely, depressed, and sucking on a kale smoothie. Um, <laughs> so that's there's that there's that. It's right a great dilemma that. question to ask experts. That yeah. what would you rather? Yeah. What, well, that's right. What would you rather in your life? So obviously, this podcast we want to raise our bat. That's that's really what we want to do. We want to raise our bat. We want to get to the other end of the cricket pitch, raise our bat, and salute the crowd and go. Yep, yeah, made it to a hundred. And we want to be healthy doing that, right? We want to master the art of aging well, and that's what this podcast is all about. So then we think about that and we go, all right. So do we need to overanalyze food? And of course, we don't have to um, think about food too much because what we understand is that eating good and healthy food should be relatively simple. We don't need to stress about it. If we can't get access to healthy food, we don't stress about it. If we only ate poor quality food, that could be problematic, but we don't do that. So I think that's that's a, a good thing to be mindful of. Um, that's that chemical, the food-based chemical component to stress. And this, I, lo- I just, I, I swear to God, I love this conversation so much because in listening to you talk, Damo, it, it makes me feel more than ever convicted in the view that the nuances to diet are so important. Like what you eat is not, um, it's not enough. It's, it's nice. how do you eat that food and who do you eat that food with? Perhaps when do you eat that food? Um, there are a number of different elements that I think are essential and I, I do think we are as a society so attuned to a quick fix or just, just give me the answer. It's like just tell me what to eat. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, but like the human body, uh, the world, nature, it's not as simple as that. Mm. It's, mm. it's, um, and, I, and you know, I'm sorry, it's not. But how, how do we engage society to actually love that it's not as simple as you are what you eat? Because it's almost a cop out to go, it's like everything in moderation. I'm like, well, yeah, 50 years ago, maybe everything in moderation was okay when you couldn't get all of the junk food that you couldn't get mm. today. But today, mm. everything in moderation is not okay. No. So, because everything is now too many things. Oh, true. That is true. Everything is too many, too much. Everything is too much. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, uh, we're we're bred to think this way, uh, and I, and and it's probably everything that you and I have both learned 
um, from a very young age. And one of the things that I talk about in The Power of Food is that if you want people to uh, follow the rules and know stuff for the whole of their life. You teach it to them in their first seven years. So, for example, if uh, from a chiropractic perspective, if I want to make sure that the chiropractors that come into my practice to work for me, that they know the most and do the stuff that I want them to do, then I need to be involved in their education within their first seven years um, of them learning chiropractic. If um, Parents, if you want your children to live a particular way, you need to be involved in their first seven years of education, which is from zero through to seven. Um, that's that first period of time. If they're going to learn maths, then it's the first seven years of them learning maths. If it's the, if it's to do with sport, it's the first seven years of sport. How much do they learn about the sport in that first seven years? And they can refine all the other bits and pieces, but it's all that first seven years thing. So when you're introduced to something, it's the first seven years. So. We are led to believe that, uh, and, and through our education, that life is reductionistic, that our health is not the, uh, the, the whole of the body, it's the sum of the parts. And if a part is faulty, it can be removed, replaced, drugged, or whatever. And that's the reason why people, you know, kind of want to compartmentalize, you know, health and health and well-being and then when they see that diet is the easiest thing to manipulate they go oh that's easy i could just change my diet and i'll only go paleo um or oh yeah that's easy that's cool diet's really easy to manipulate and change i'll just be vegan um or whatever it is as opposed to finding some kind of sense about it you know what i mean so mm. it's the reductionistic viewpoint the reductionistic reductionistic thinking that we've all been entrained to use uh which is probably is, is is the cause of where we are uh, with regards to our decisions around food and why we put such a heavy importance on being so pure and so clean with our food or so good or so bad. Like it's it's very rare these days that you find moderate lifestyle, which would be a Mediterranean lifestyle, a moderate lifestyle approach to food and well-being. It's, it tends to be a hard case mm. in the health and wellness industry. And, and I also think that um – because I do agree with you wholeheartedly that um, avoiding is not the right term and preventing might not even be the right term, but maybe it is. Um, either word you use for chronic disease, preventing chronic disease, um, it, it, it pervades every minute of the day yeah. if you have it. So yeah. if I said, well, you've, um, you're still living with a great purpose but you've got chronic disease, then, and that could be whether it's diabetes um, or anything else, it impacts your ability to um, be with your family or to do the work that you love to do or um, whatever it is. Yeah. So it is, this is what I do love about this conversation because it's not black and white. And for every person, and like you said earlier, as you age or as you get older or certain age groups that you're in, there are times when you have to work harder on it. Mm. Um, I'm halfway through that 30 to 50 age bracket that you mentioned earlier. You're near the end of that 30 to 50 age bracket. And, you know, I think you're a living example of someone that has truly made it even more important um, at this phase of life than you did 10 years ago, but it's a different way that you've done it. It's not like you're constant. You're not weighing your food and looking at where everything has come from. You're actually more determined to create a more, uh, it's a, I know it's a buzzword, a more holistic approach to, to your diet. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, totally, absolutely. And I'm very, I'm more mindful of relaxing around the whole of the lifestyle thing, as opposed to getting stressed about it. Because to answer, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just unclick, I'm gonna click this one. So Haiti has said, how about anxiety? Is that a concern? And the answer to that is easy. Yes, it's a concern because anxiety is a chronic form of stress, right? So you go from stress, which is where you care, and you go into anxiety. Um, <laughs> Does Kay said, hi, guys, I've almost missed you. Because she knows you're uh, at the end. Oh, I thought she yeah. almost missed us. I was like, why wouldn't you miss us? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kay. Uh, so um, anxiety is a chronic form of stress. And so anxiety is where we start to lose control of the benefit of stress because stress is actually good for us. And we've spoken about this before uh, in Cracky Stress Code uh, when we did those episodes. So stress is good for us, but anxiety is is not ideal for us because it drives other chemical behaviors or issues within our body, which includes the excessive secretion of a hormone called cortisol, which is immunomodulatory, and um, it blocks growth hormones and repair within our body. So we don't want to have a whole lot of that. So the quick answer to that one is, Heidi, it's bad for us. Um, With Pete's question, he's got a mate. Um, He wants to know if his mate was 57 years old, 10 10 to 15 kilos of weight, and showing some signs of heart disease. How easy is it to pull it back? And what I'll say to you, mate there, Pete, is that it is so easy to pull that back. It just requires harder work. Now, this is really interesting because when chronic disease is developed and heart disease is um, a chronic disease uh, and 10 to 15 kilograms takes time to put on, that would indicate to me that your mate has had this chronic disease issue that's kind of what you say is subclinical for a longer than... Um, known period of time. Uh, So the weight gain is there as a result of a poorer lifestyle, um, which is a side effect of, not necessarily the cause of, the heart disease. So the heart disease, which is um, still most likely um, subclinical or just becoming clinical, was already there before it was able to be measured. And so just to put that into perspective, way before your friend found out about heart disease and way before your friend realized that 10 to 15 kilos had actually crept on, the heart disease was already Mm. forming um, through dysglycemia, so poor glycemic control, subsequent, um, you know, central pedal obesity, weight gaining around the gut and fatigue and energy loss and, um, you know, cravings and all that sort of stuff. So now what happens is that it requires a significant shift away from um, what your friend's been doing to move it back to um, being healthy and then a very conscious effort to be moderate in your lifestyle mm. or your mate's lifestyle. So it's that you've got to go hard out, fix it, then become moderate as opposed to being moderate now. Um, you've got to go hardcore for a bit just to yes, fix it. exactly. And also to have the awareness that chronic you know, really does translate to slow and accumulating over time. So to have the courage to look back at the habit or habits that have been a consistent theme over mm. many years rather than looking for something um, over the last month just as the um, symptoms have become worse is not 
that's just the definition of insanity because you're not going to get the answer from what's been happening over the last month. You need yeah. to go, well, okay, I've been smoking for 10 years, so mm. maybe that's it, you know, or I've been eating all the pies for 15 years. So mm. that's mm. It's, it's not about, oh, because work's been this or because this has been that. They're just the, That's just the tipping point. It's more about what is the chronic behavior that may be causing the chronic disease. And I think school is a great example of that. The people that we went to school with that were fit and firing at 18, may still have had the early signs of heart disease just through their um, lifestyle, whether it's their diet, and they keep on eating the same diet for 10 or 20 or 30 years, and they're mm. the ones that have got the poor health because they haven't changed anything. It's just been a it's like a ticking time bomb. Um, but often those things are so embedded that they actually don't think that they're the problem. Um, mm. You always find this, I don't know if you found this in Cairo land, Damo, but I always remember in Sarah's, when Sarah was with, with um, patients and they'd be like, oh, I only have two glasses of wine every night and they've been doing <laughs> that for 20 years but they don't want to think that that's the problem Yeah, because it, they've been doing it for so long. It's like, well, you know, it's like surely this would have come normal. up sooner type thing. Yeah, that's just normal. Yeah, this is, so, that's what I've always done. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and therein lies the problem. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, this is a great chat. Well done, Damo, for just bringing this up out of the blue, I might add. I love it. I love that you did that. Uh, well thanks, done. PC. Well, it's a great reminder, I think. Um, and as we move forward and, get, you know, just keep on marching towards raising our bat, I think it's really important that we just continue to remind ourselves of perspective around food, lifestyle, what is actually important. Mm. So food is important for the avoidance of chronic disease. And chronic disease, heart disease, for example, in the case of Pete's mate, is that it's um, insidious. It creeps on. You don't realize it's happening until it's happened. Mm. Um, and fortunately for men these days, obviously seeing Shane Warne pass away from a heart attack, uh, I think Rod Marshall also from a heart attack, um, and so on. And there's been a lot of people passing away uh, recently. Um, at a young age, it's triggered a lot of people to go and get checked. And fortunately, which is a great thing. People are finding out they've got heart disease earlier than the first heart attack mm. because it used to be that men, 80% of men who found out they had heart disease was when they had their first heart attack and something like 60% of them wouldn't survive. So it was a very big stat around men dying from their first heart attack um, and that was the first time they found out they had um, heart disease. So good that we're all getting checked. Um, simple test, you know, like you could do the cholesterol thing, but you can go and find out a whole lot more. You could do MRIs, you can do angiograms. There's so much you can do these days to find out whether or not heart disease is actually a factor. Diabetes, mm. check it out. And sometimes those tests are the um, trigger for a change in behavior. It's like, oh, there's nothing wrong, and then you actually see, no, 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 no. Uh, you can see the ice. You can see the um. Uh, uh, what's it? Was it the the uh, uh, the yeah the try try the um, the Pyramid? ice, no, the ice, the tip iceberg. of the ice, you can see the iceberg. Tip, yeah. tip of the iceberg. Yeah, the te sorry, my vocabulary deserted me for one moment there. But yes, the, the iceberg can present itself in the form of a test or a test result and that can be um, the trigger that makes someone change. So good work, Damo. Thanks again for your wisdom as always and to our community of 100 Not Outers. Remember, if you feel a little bit of FOMO listening to this and you want to be a part of it when we're recording this live, like us on Facebook and make sure you get notifications when you do it you get to see Damo go nuts in that little emoji corner because he loves to just make himself feel like everything's going well and he gives himself love hearts and hugs uh, don't you Damo look at you 
Well, can I tell you the reason why I do that? And I learned that if there's activity on a story, then more people jump on to the story. Like, oh, oh you little Labrador, you're such a little. No, about. you're a golden retriever. It's like all everybody, that. come, come and join us. I love it. I love it. Please press the heart button. Press the heart button. The like button. The like button. The and button. Like button. Like button. I don't know if we've said this on this podcast yet, but I did uh, send. Um, I sent my email list an email today, Damo, and I told them I reckon. I reckon we're going to Ikaria in 2023. So expressions we of are. interest are coming. So um, if they, if this is the first time you're listening to this, and shout out to um, Judy who's been with us to Ikaria before and she sent me a reply to the email and I know that Judy was due to come with us in 2020 and there are a number of people that were due to come with us that I cannot believe was um, best part of three years ago. But uh, there's plenty that will be happening on the 100 not out front in the short, medium, and long-term future. So stick around, folks. We're 480 episodes in. We've got a long way to go. Uh, for more info on Damo, head on over to damienchristoff.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.